I, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, basically, I just want to say, basically, I just want to say, I'm a part of the LGBTQ community. And this is my best friend, Mel. She's an ally. <laughs> Talk, Mel. Ally. <laughs> okay, well, that's the cold open. That <laughs> You had me at... Hell no! Hello and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And welcome back to our podcast if you are returning. Welcome for the first time if this is your first foray into our kooky little world. But this is a podcast where we like to watch romance movies and talk about why we love a genre that hates us. Mm-hmm. We watch rom-coms, uh, romantic dramas, erotic thrillers. If romance is central to the plot, we are going to watch it. That's right. And it is a fun little exercise in film uh, and also just a good chance to hang out w- because we're best friends. But I love horror and Allie loves action. So that's mm-hmm. why we have a lot of fun watching these movies and talking mm-hmm. about our opinions about them to you. And today we yeah. are watching, I think, one of both of our favorite movies of all time. Oh, uh, to say this movie had an, a profound effect on me as a child is an understatement. Same. Frankly. Fully same. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is our final installment for Spooky Romance Month. And yes, is it November? Yes. Is it after Halloween? Yes. Time is immaterial. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The days all melt together. Yeah. And We're really, spookiness, spookiness is a state of being. So It's in your heart. Yeah. And, and because spookiness is in your heart, that's why we watched Adam's Family Values. Woo! Yeah, baby! My, I love I, this. This movie truly this movie. never gets old. It, and I forgot, like, watching it, I was like, oh, this movie moves. It just it goes, goes, goes. And I, because I was like, and it holds up too. Honestly, it really does. Every person acting in this movie is got it, they understand the assignment. They, it's so good. The tone is so clear. Everyone was on board. Everyone got it. It's there is a specific scene in this movie that I think about all the time, and it had such a such a profound effect on me. Which I scene? think about it all the time. It's like, but it's just one where I'm like, this is so fucking funny, and it's also like my dream, and it's also just such a good. I I don't know how they thought of it, but it's it's so funny, and it's the scene where Debbie, um. But after she she leaves Fester the present, that's a bomb, oh, and then yeah. she leaves the house, and she's waiting, and then she, the idea is she's going to drive back right as the bomb explodes. So she's kind of out on the town while Fester is getting things ready, and it just cuts to her in a bar, sitting on the bar, drinking, like having a cocktail, surrounded by sailors, and Macho Man is playing, like blasting. Oh, and, and Tony Shalhoub is one of the sailors. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and this was my the first time I ever saw Tony Shalhoub. And he's like, your husband is a very lucky man. <laughs> yes. She goes, don't say that! God, I... 
that I don't know I'm not doing it just it's so like every time it makes me laugh so hard and it's also like a dream and like it, I just love it I love it so much oh wow okay Melanie's cat just slowly came into frame to stare her down <laughs> it's like a monster movie it was like done, out of nowhere it was just like napping he was in his God. little donut and now that we're actually talking he doesn't want to be part of it I guess whatever it's fine I don't care uh for me, one of the things I love about this movie is that they're just the world building and the detail mm-hmm. is so yes. funny. Like when when Debbie first meets Morticia and Gomez, she says, oh, here's the lady killer to Gomez. And he goes, acquitted. Oh, yeah. There's so many little one liners in it. It's so good. Raul Julia. Truly, <sighs> Raul Julia is so underappreciated as an actor especially as like a a hispanic latino actor in the 90s he was incredible they're okay y'all i'm pretty sure it's just on youtube but i think you can rent it somewhere but it's straight up on youtube for free there's a documentary about a shakespeare in the park park okay good night good night we're ending it it's over the podcast is over ladies and gentlemen see you next week good night bye um there is a there was a documentary made about a i want to say late mid 70s late to, mid to late 70s uh, shakespeare in the park production of taming of the shrew starring raul julia and meryl streep and already you're like uh-huh. okay i'm listening and, and it's so it's like a documentary kind of about that production and also the way that this show has been and can be interpreted and also the um they have clips of like the performance and um it is so good he is amazing like she of course is it's meryl streep but also it's meryl streep raul julia is incredible he's amazing he's so good also like here's the thing petruchio we all have problems with taming of the shrew and that's also something that's like documentary kind of talks about um but like patrucchio is not typically a character where you're like woohoo we love this guy or like patrucchio is not the best no but you watch this and you're like oh fuck it's like kind of crazy sexy (laughs) like not to be a weirdo but like it's insane but raul but that's the thing and as gomez adams too he if okay every Everybody wants to be in a relationship with a Gomez Adams. Right? That's what you want. Like, oh, and before we get into the plot, because listeners, do we ever? Um, do we ever? Have we ever? Have we Will ever? We no. Ever? No. We have never recounted a plot in a straightforward manner on this show, except for maybe once. Um, but like when we've really been like, okay, we have to get the plot out anyway. Yeah. It's mostly on movies that we didn't enjoy when we like force ourselves to take that moment. But, Mm -hmm. but okay. I don't know how you feel about this, but I, from childhood to now have gone through like an Adam's family evolution because I, my favorite character was always uncle Fester because he's the funniest. Oh, but I, I always okay, wanted to be Morticia. I always wanted to oh. have that kind of vibe. And the older I got, I was like, well, that's just not me. I'm definitely in a relationship. I want to be in Morticia. But the reality is, is that I think I might be more of a Gomez. 
And oh. then and then I was in a long-term relationship and became single and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if maybe I'm fester." But <laughs> Esther, dear, I know this is a bit and this is good, but also I want you to know you're not fester. And also fester seems like a fr- frankly pretty good partner. He's a very devoted partner. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't He's mind. Also, I'm, I'm like his vows to Debbie are like beautiful they are um, uh but but like that's but it's like everyone I, th- oh that's fascinating but though but that also you were the like history of the adams family too which i think oh. is so cool and like i'm co- i think it's cool that they're doing a remake and that they have um luis guzman playing gomez i think that's cool and uh-huh. that what's her name jenna ortega is playing wednesday i think that's cool yeah. i'm on board but right. it, the history of the Adams family is so interesting to me because they're creepy and they're and they're kooky and they're uh spoo- I don't know the words to the theme song anymore. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together, kooky. The Adams family. Jesus Thank Christ! You. Do I have to do everything? Yes. I'm <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm not actually. You I'm have not to upset. Carry this that was... podcast on your back no, because, no, no. as we've established, you are the funny one. No, I okay. I don't like that. Thank you. That's very sweet of you, but I didn't like. I, oh. I I didn't like how aggressive I got. No. Oh, I don't. I I thought it was just a bit. It is a bit, but it it didn't feel good. Oh. You know? Okay. Well, I appreciate you telling me that, but yeah, I didn't perceive it as being aggressive. I'm glad. Um, right. But anyway, well, the, now that we've now that we've established that Allie knows the words to the Adams Family theme song, you bet your ass I do. Good. Mm-hmm. One of us has to. Mm-hmm. I'm a fake fan, um, but the point of the Name Adams three fa- Adams family members. <laughs> um, the Adams family, Adams family values, and the TV show. Yes. Anyway, um. Anyway, the point of the Adams family is that it's a satire of like these 1950s, 60s idea of the perfect American family, and what ends up being. I think that one of the best parts of the satire about gender roles is that everyone else's marriage seems to be kind of miserable and Gomez and, and that's something I love about this movie to just kind of like bring Uh it back and tie it in is that part of this movie is Gomez and Morticia working to be better partners to each other after Morticia has a baby. Yeah. A big part of this movie is them like honoring what they want and what each other wants and like making sure that they are putting work into their love. And I think that's so cool to watch. Yeah. The whole bit about it is that a lot of 1950s, like 60s and 1950s families at the time have sort of an air of being happy and put together and clean cut and everything looks positive and nice and. Uh, oh, look how wonderful this is. But really, there's so much. They're not very kind to each other. They're not very. It's not good on the inside. Whereas the Adams family, everything is spooky and creepy looking. And they live in a dark house and they are doing spooky things. But they are incredibly loving. They communicate well. They're incredibly supportive of one another. That's kind of the whole I, it's just what you said, but that yeah, you're right. That is what I love about it. Is like, but but again, oh, and it's that's, just it's that's just a super so loving family. Exactly, it's just a super supportive family. And that's one of the first things that happens in the movie because Morticia has baby pubert, which I oh absolutely God. adore as a creepy oh name for God. a creepy kid. I would that well because that was originally going to be the name of Pugsley, um, for the, the the man who wrote the comics. Yeah, and the editors were like, 
no, you cannot name a, no, don't, no. And so then when this movie came around, they were like, what if they have a baby? And they named it Pubert. And the baby with the mustache is so funny. It's so cute, but also a baby with a mustache is the funniest shit. It makes me laugh every time. It's so <laughs> it funny. Holds up. It's it's so delightful, and the baby is so cute. Truly. Also, the little uh, the little baby noises though aren't actually the baby, right. uh, as you no, can they're, imagine. They're, yeah. But the voice actress, uh, voice actress who did those sounds, was the voice of Angelica on the Rugrats. You know the the gals who did the voices on the Rugrats have been working for the past they, thirty years. They are all honestly, really successful. Good for them. They're great. Yeah. Because they're good at their fucking jobs. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But but that's one of the best parts of this movie, too, is, like, mm-hmm. after Morticia has the baby, because the beginning of the film is they mm-hmm. have their baby because she's pregnant at the end of the last movie. Oh, really? I forgot that. Yeah. It's I like, didn't know that. Yeah. It's, like, a throwaway right at the very end of the first oh, Adams Family. I didn't know that. I just knew uh, – I just think it's funny. I, I don't remember that. I didn't watch the first one as much. I watched – the, this one a lot well because the and first one uh in the first one fester comes back after being mm-hmm. estranged from the family for like 20 years or something yeah turns out he is part of a scam on the adams family yeah. but it also yeah. turns out that it is the real fester but he doesn't believe yeah. he's the real fester he believes he's impersonating him because of a head injury and then yeah. he realizes that he's the real Fester, and then he and Gomez make up, and then they're a part of the family. So that's the first yeah. one. And it's when but Christina just, Ricci is like a little, little, little. Oh, my God. I was upset. I wanted to be Christina Ricci so bad. Same. Uh, still I, do, quite frankly. Mm, um, I, but I, the beginning of the movie is that great line where she's like, Gomez, I have wonderful news. I'm going to have a baby. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so... Oh, uh, so, And she's lit... I mean, the oh, best thing is I that I love she, the way they light Angelica Houston because uh, it's a throwback to Bella Lugosi playing Dracula in the 30s. So because the way yeah. that they lit him is that he has this basically bar of light across his eyes and it makes yeah. him seem more supernatural. And they do that throughout this whole movie. And I love yeah. that. She's lit separately from everyone else. Yep. It's so good. There are so many like brilliant little like design choices throughout this movie. It's so fun it's so specific but it's fun just fun and carol kane as the grandma oh so my good God. just a curse bye bye that that was a really good carol kane thank babe. you also carol kane was one year older than angelica houston yeah yeah anyway um this sh- this movie anyway but yeah they put anyway they hire a nanny they have the baby and that nanny is oh that's also a good like um watching it i forgot how much i remembered of it um but when they that whole sort of montage of them trying going through different nannies and the way that the wednesday and pugsley kind of break them down yeah um and how one of the nanny one of the nannies is cynthia nixon yes and she's like and i know that we're all concerned about the environment aren't we kids Mm -hmm. and wednesday she's like like, let's talk about preventing forest fires and wednesday just lights a match and goes prevent them mm-hmm. it's my favorite so is the, good yeah my favorite is the one where the nun with the puppet is trying to talk to them oh, yeah. and then wednesday just has a devil puppet she's like i'll clean my room 
an exchange for your immortal soul. So good. <laughs> it's so good. I, I want my kids it's so to be that creepy and self-assured. Good. And it's but it's also like so good to watch as a kid because when you are a child, you kind of want things that are weird and kind of scary and And you, if you are because, a weird kid too, like yeah. both of us were, I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool to see weird kids having a good time. And even if you're even if you're not a weird kid, even if you feel a little weird, it feels good to be like, oh, okay. It's it feels good to tap into that part of yourself in like a way that is kind of safe and exciting and fun. Yeah. Um, You know who I related to watching this movie this time around? Crumholtz. I was gonna say. (laughs) I was like. I was. There's a uh, point where he's like, I'm allergic to everything. And I was like, so am I. Oh, my God. I was in love with him as a child. Same. I feel like I maybe we've talked about this on this podcast or maybe we've just talked about this in our friendship. But like how wild every holiday season, David Krumholtz probably gets like four million DMs from like women our age being like i had such a crush on you um but like he was really he he did a lot for well here's the thing our age group because i don't think we've talked about that this on the podcast mm -hmm. we have talked Mm -hmm. about in our friendship you Mm -hmm. are either one of two kinds of krumholtz girls yeah if you're in our age bracket and you had like your first like krumholtz crush it either came from one of two things what talk about it mel yeah one of them is adam's family values as mr glick Mm -hmm. Glickman? Glick. Glickman. I don't remember. It's a super Jewish Isn't it name. Artie? Isn't it Artie? His name's Artie, right? Arthur Glickman. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. They call him Artie. Artie Glickman. Yeah. Or uh, what's his name from the Santa Claus? The elf Bernard. Guy. Thank Bernard. you. Bernard. Well, see, clearly I didn't grow up watching that. Here's but the thing. you're either I, a Bernard yeah. girly or you're a Glickman girly. I was a Glickman girly. Me I was too. a Glickman girly. Me too. Because I watched the Santa Claus and I liked him and I was happy to see him. But I was happy to see him because I already knew him from Adam's Family Values. Yeah. I, I like little I me. I don't know why you would have. I But then again, you love The Grinch, so How I the Grinch Stole Christmas point. is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and I will not back down on this. I've seen Elf. Elf is great. It's not Elf that I great. it's not that I've never seen Christmas movies. It's that no. there are certain movies that are like so ingrained into Christmas culture that mm-hmm. as a Jewish kid I just didn't watch on my own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would watch would the Christmas movies that my friends wanted to watch because they were the So I've seen Jingle All the Way a billion times. Oh my god. Well, Put that, that cookie down. No. So good. Here's the thing. I okay, that scene I hate that movie, but that scene Phil Hartman in that movie Evil. is so fucking funny. Him eating the cookie on the phone going, mmm, these cookies. <laughs> it's crazy. I hate that movie. Is I can't watch it. makes me so tense and angry. I'm going to get you a Phil, terrible man. Phil, Phil Hartman in that is, I mean, as he is, as he was in anything, like a yeah, revelation. He's he so great. fucking funny. Anyway, we're talking about this book. But yeah, no, I was a I was a Clickman girly. I like little me was in love with this boy who was allergic to everything. Yeah. I wanted to be Christina Ricci. I wanted I I'm realizing I was fascinated in movies by a, a I didn't know what sexiness was, but I kind of knew like I, I didn't know the word and I don't know that I, I but I kind of knew 
based on movies, I wanted to be so attractive that I scared men. I love that. I wanted to incapacitate them. I thought how it worked was you could be so attractive that men would kind of be incapacitated and then just give you whatever you needed and or leave you alone. And the reality is you can go to AutoZone with wet hair to pick up windshield wipers and a man will follow you in his truck. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so Gentlemen that's prefer cool. blonde did lead me astray in that regard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I this movie, because like Artie is terrified of um, Wednesday, but he also is obsessed with her. Um, Grease. At the end, when Sandy is um, in that like black leather outfit, I thought she looks amazing, and John Travolta is losing his mind. What a cool power move! Um, <laughs> the mask. Cameron Diaz just walks into that bank. Does she have an account? No. No. Does she walk out with whatever she needed? She absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other stuff. Other movies. Anyway. That's so um, interesting, and yeah. I kind of love that. that. El- yeah, also, that's not my vibe in real life. <laughs> if anything, that's my vibe in real life. But men are like, I, I'm sorry? Men walk up to you and they're like, I'm sorry? Men um, walk up to me and I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> that's actually like, not true. I want to marry you. I they're like, I want... No, that is true. Men want to fucking marry you. These like, nerd bitches are like, I want to marry you. That's true. And then with me, I'm like, I'm sorry I'm here. And then like weirdly hot people are like, hey... It's okay. I'm like, no, everyone is so nice. No, Allie. (laughs) So often in my life, I've been like, that person was so nice. And then like a day or two later, I'm like, oh, oh my God. But but it's not just you, babe, because it's me too. How many times have we talked about my various close good guy friends who were clearly in love with me and I had no idea? Yeah. I mean, that's happened. Like- more than once, more than twice. Yeah, I'm, I, I kind of, I've been, I, I've realized that I'm kind of flirting with a barista, oh. but I don't know if I want to give them my number because I don't want to ruin it if it's weird or maybe I should like keep the dynamic going. I don't want to be weird. They're working. Well, but, they uh, should put their number on a cup to you. When I was a barista and I flirted, I would do that. I would give my phone number to hot dudes. But what if they're not into? What if it's like a friendy? That what? What? I don't know. We don't need to get into this. Well, there's a difference between like friend banter and flirting. I don't know the difference. I <laughs> also don't know the difference, but I know that there is one. Wait, I think there is a difference. And sometimes I think I do know. Okay, well that's good. I, don't I sure know don't. Anymore, man. Listen, a guy yeah. shows any interest in me, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, will you be my husband? Are you the one who will deal with my difficult ass?" And the answer is oh, always see, no. Oh, see, I'm always like, "This is interesting." He's being really friendly. Back to Krumholtz. Um, <laughs> he's such a little cutie patootie in this movie. He's darling, he's darling, and he's so funny. And he and uh, Christina are, have, like, good chemistry. It's also one of those where you're like, oh, these two kid actors are fucking professionals. Yeah. Well, they've they both been working it. for a while. They've been working since they were, like, little, little. Yeah. And they're just so good. They were, like, what, 13? At and most. And they're that good? Yeah, they were, like, like tweens. The tweens. And they're great. 
it's darling. There's they're little cuties. I love that when they're it's 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 just very sweet. Um, it's very wholesome. They're the way that their dynamic is sort of played. And and it written. is wholesome, but I also love yeah. how at the end he's like. Mm-hmm. Would it, like would you ever want to marry me? And she's like, no, yeah. I would want to scare my husband to death. And I thought that was the best. I loved it. I loved it as a kid. But I also was like, uh, yeah, when he's like, but what if you met a guy who was entirely devoted to you, who would do anything for you, like would die for you? How would you feel then? And she went, I would pity him. <laughs> You're like, oh! also like, and he has her dad's mustache. I know, because here's the thing: I, I think Gomez and Morticia are a great example of good parents who love each other very much. Very much. I don't yeah. have any complaints about them, and their yeah. dynamic works for them. And it's not just because Gomez is entirely like her slave. They're both no. They're both individuals who want to be there. And, she also, yeah. and they're both themselves unapologetically. So, like, Gomez is loud and passionate and theatrical, and Morticia is not, and that works for them. But she also is still, like, very into him. She's it's so very, in love she, with him. She's. It's very clear that they, y'all, they are fucking all the time. All the time. You know they are on these these people are so horned up for one another but you aren't like can we go you're he like yeah her, he calls like, her cara mia all the time and i think that's yeah. so nice she calls him mon cher i know oh. it's so nice oh, um it's so let's lovely. okay let's give a brief plot down of adam's family values <laughs> <laughs> and quite frankly if you are in your 30s and you haven't seen adam's family values Babe, where have you been? It's it's been out for twenty years. Where have you been? More than that, babe. I think it's thirty now. Almost thirty, because it came out like ninety two, ninety three, my babe. Really? Oh my gosh! It came out right around when we were born. Yeah, no, we were babies, but we didn't see it until. Well, I've only ever seen it on TV. Oh, I rented it regularly. I would watch it whenever it was on TV. I'm. Um, that and Star Wars. 1993, baby. Wow. Yeah, 29 years. Wow, earlier than I thought. But anyway, we pick up with the Adams family. Morticia has baby pubert. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday and Pugsley have sibling rivalry with pubert because they are experiencing what many older siblings, including myself, experience where a new baby comes into the picture and because babies require a lot of care and energy, the older siblings feel unloved and left out. Yeah. And so in order to manage the sibling rivalry and to give Morticia a chance to join the dark forces in their hellish crusade Mm -hmm. uh, and have it all, they hire a nanny. Debbie Jelinski, played by Joan Cusack, turns out Debbie... Is a murderer named, she's called what? The Black Widow? The Black Widow. Yeah. Because she marries men for their money and then kills them. She Mm. seduces Uncle Fester and gets married and keeps trying to kill Uncle Fester. But because he's an Adams, she can't kill him. Yeah. And then. Like she fully was going to kill him on the honeymoon before anything happened. She tries and it doesn't work. She tries blowing him up. It doesn't work because Fester. She has a horse. Yeah, she has a hearse waiting for them at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And the funny thing is that Debbie is so unhinged that she actually, like, works really well with the Adams family. Yeah. And they all actually kind of like her. Yeah, uh, they love her. Yeah. That's the bit. Like, I, I have all my references, so you know I'm not a homicidal maniac. And of course goes, not. You're too young. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was very silly. Um, I love it. And so Wednesday and Pugsley get sent off to Camp Chippewa, which is like a hoity-toity waspy summer camp. And they have a rivalry with the camp leaders and all the like goody-two-shoes campers who uh, don't – they just don't get along. And there's a big play, and we'll talk about the play because it's got some issues. And – they stage a coup, basically, and escape to try to warn their family because they find out that Debbie Jelinski is the Black Widow. So they escape summer camp to warn the family. By the time they get back to the house, Debbie gets there and she ties all of them up and then has one of the most iconic scenes ever to have been acted. An incredible monologue. It, so truly, good. it's so good. And then mm-hmm. she tries to kill them, but baby pubert... In a wacky, kooky, slapsticky, Rube Goldberg-ass thing. Manages Um, to reverse whatever with the wires that she tried to electrocute them with. And it ends up electrocuting and killing her. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then they live happily ever after. Boom. Well done, Mel. Thank you. Well done. Uh, Joan Cusack is incredible in this movie. Also, yeah, I was also obsessed with, like, this, that... She is this Bava Voom. She is a Joan. Yeah. All right, Joan. This was also a thing in like late 80s, early 90s of a like evil, hot, blonde woman. Yeah. No one else. Parent Trap. Like this, Parent Trap, this and Casper, I was like, I want to be yeah. a lady in a power suit. With blonde hair, fucking shit up. Yeah. Which, um, I don't think I do. I, I think you can just buy a suit and dye your hair and have a good time. <laughs> you don't need to, like, try to steal money. No, no. Um, but they looked great. Joan Cusack is incredible. Joan Cusack is incredible. Oh, you know, we've been, we've been talking a lot about Fester. But we haven't actually been talking about Fester. Because Christopher Lloyd... Is great. Gives the performance of a lifetime. Yeah, if you think he's good in Back to the Future, he's better in this. He's incredible in this. Also, apparently, you know that suit? Because he had to, like, hunch down and, like... Yeah, they put him in a fat suit. It was 60 pounds. Wow. That's heavy. So he's, like, like in pain all the time in this movie. And he's just, like, hunched over and, like... And... Damn it! It's so good. Yeah. Oh, Goobus. I can't do it. Goobus. She's beautiful. (laughs) I love that that bit where they're on the date and Gomez is trying to say like we're we are undeserving of like how. Yes, um, he's trying to like be poetic, and he's expecting Fester to say something. He goes, "We should have." ugly girls and you're like <laughs> what are you saying bro i love it i love it it's ugh, it's so 
could. But yeah, I this, do. This I, I do love the this scene where Gomez and Morticia do their tango, which is incredible. Oh! But then it just pans over to Debbie and Fester, and she's looking at him. And Fester has two Grissini up his nose. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's so, so funny. My favorite is he has them, and he has like taken them out, and then he puts them back in as if that was what was impressive to her. Yeah. <laughs> totally I, clueless. I. Oh, it's just so good. Also, that whole scene, like, how do you even... Ugh. And then uh, their uh, wedding, and then... Ugh, it's... I, uh, uh, ah, it's so good, and it moves. It This movie moves so quickly. Yeah. It just goes, 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 goes. The costumes are so good. It's shot so well. It's clever. There are a bunch of, like, little, like... Like the the scene of Fester's bachelor party. Oh. There are characters that have no lines, but you just like are looking across the room at like kind of a freak show. And, and it's like they're oh. characters who had lines in the first movie. Yeah, but I for I, I forgot. Like so, various Adam's cousins and things like that. But it's also like even then it's the, it's so quick. It's like it's so quick. It's not we're not dwelling on these people, but the amount of detail and work that goes into like just one character, yeah, one costume, one like weird looking thing for like a, a shot that's like a second, yeah, it's you so pause incredible any moment and of this movie and you will have a lot to look at. It's so good, it's so good, and it's a fucking family comedy. It's yeah, I argue it's also a romance because you have Oh, 100% is. Yeah. You have new love with Wednesday and Glickman. You have yeah. old love with Morticia and Gomez, and then you have a love that's not really a love with Debbie and Fester. Correct. So I think it's, it's so I good. think it's a great movie and it's cool that romance. love is like the center of the whole film, I think. I agree. I think maybe that's why I watched this one more than I watched the first one. Yeah, the um, first one is less about romance and more about like this family is weird. Well, the first <laughs> but the first one's also about um Fester basically thinking that he's not Fester and thinking he's mm-hmm. impersonating Fester and trying to steal money from the family. Which is like, okay. Um But there is but a it, fun uh, carryover because the, oh yes, the, the lady who was part of the scam from the first movie in the and in, in that in the first movie falls in love with cousin it. Well, and then she's we not see part of the again. scam. She's the wife of their lawyer who was part of the scam. So they get divorced, and then she falls in love with cousin it, and then becomes a member of the Adams family, which I think is amazing. And one of the funny jokes that's really overlooked in this movie is when oh. she's introducing the baby to Debbie yes. and Morticia. Yes. And she she says that um, they named him what? Yeah, <laughs> which I think is so fucking funny. It's so good because she, also she says from the obstetrician. That's what the obstetrician um, called yeah. called him. And cousin, it officiates Debbie and Fester's wedding. Like <gasps> that shit made me laugh so hard. I forgot that entirely. I forgot that joke entirely. And then when it happened, I lost my shit. It like this. Is so, so funny. It's just jokes, 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 jokes. It just keeps going. And they're good it's, jokes, too. And they're good jokes. And also they're good jokes that, like, it, it's also because they're built into the character. You have a good understanding of who these characters are. The actors have a good understanding of who these characters are. Everything is all 
yeah. fitting together. It's not just like we're throwing away like no. kind of funny lines. It's like, like no, this my, works. My dad, my dad calls me cousin it sometimes because I have Rude. because I have long blonde hair. So sometimes mm-hmm. when I straighten it. It looks like cousin it, and so my dad yeah. will make jokes about it. It's truly all in good fun. Oh yeah, because you it's... bet your ass the second my dad calls me cousin it, I'm like, <laughs> my dad's like, okay, I didn't mean to raise a weirdo like you, but cool. My dad, okay, I love my dad so much. My dad Brag pretends my <laughs> my dad pretends he's not a nerd. But my dad is truly a secret nerd. Honestly, I'm like, everything you've told me about your father, I'm like, I know he's. But my dad is also like, like a normal cool person. He's not like a weirdo like my mom. So I think sometimes my dad is just like, where did you come from, Melanie? And I'm like, uh, you bitch, (laughs) like you dummy. My dad's like, my dad's taste in movies alone should make him a nerd. Yeah, one of his favorite movies you told me is Ultraviolet, huh? And Army of Darkness. I haven't, I haven't seen it. It's very funny. I um, know a lot of comedy people. Every comedy person is like, also, "Oh my god, you gotta see it!" And I'm like, at this point, Army of Darkness agree, is one of those things where, like, if you don't enjoy Evil Dead or that whole like Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell crew, you're not gonna <laughs> like it. I. I think I do in theory, and then when I try to watch their shit, it kind of makes my tummy hurt. <laughs> I think I love the thought behind it, and the thought the pro- I love it in theory, um, and I love that he did all that. Like it's just like, hey, we're just gonna make a movie on like no budget, and we're gonna do a bunch of crazy shit, and we're gonna have a good time. And movies are allowed to be wild and f- freaky, but then sometimes I try to watch his <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, bleh, ouch. Even though I did love his Spider Man. The Spider-Man. Yeah, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies were pretty good. Tobey Maguire. I'm something of a scientist myself. Truly? Okay, we don't have time to get into how much I fucking love Willem Dafoe. Mm -hmm, We don't. But, like, when I tell you that something was awoken in me when I saw the first (gasps) Spider-Man, something was awoken in me. What? And not about Tobey Maguire, not about James Franco. It was all about Willem Dafoe. Wow. You were ahead of your time. I know. Um, Everyone, it's like cool to think he's hot, but like, like teenage me in the theater watching Spider-Man was like, oh, who's, <laughs> who's this guy over here? Ugh. You can't see me. I'm yanking at my collar being like, yeah, whoa. Yeah, the classic. Humana, humana, wooga, yeah, like, like Willem Dafoe, more like, um, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't think of anything else to say. Because <laughs> this wasn't um, the right time for Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafriend. It wasn't, it wasn't the right no. time for that. And the, um, it also wasn't the right time to, like, go Lars von Trier, Willem Dafoe. That's not what I mean. No. Whoa. Um, okay, so this movie is really good, and we like it a lot. A lot. Um, it, yeah, like, Gomez and Morticia have such a really, it's, like, really beautiful. Like, it's exactly what you said, Melanie. Like, they're having pretty good 
supportive relationship conversations. Like they're talking about, okay, I know we've had a baby and I know we're stressed. What do you need? Morticia, like, even though it's a joke, it's still like, oh, hey, let's spend some time together and just talk about just us. Yeah. Uh, but they're also, they love their children. They're like, really, they send their kids to camp because it's been explained to them that the kids want to go to camp. Right. Even though it's and this is also from a time where adults would trust other adults over their own kids. So mm-hmm. when Debbie says they're, they don't want you to know because they're going to think you don't love them. They're like, oh, how sweet. And then they send them to Camp Chippewa. Can we talk about Camp Chippewa? Please. Okay. First of the, all, Chris- the... Christine Baranski. Mwah. Yes. Mwah. We and love. Then, um, and then, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I forget his name every time. He's incredible. He's like an icon. McNichol? Peter, Peter McNichol? I think so. He was in Ally McBeal. Yeah. Hold on. We're looking it up, bitch. No. Is it Peter? Hold on. Am I losing my mind? Am I, am I, have I gone mad? Has the world gone mad? Am I losing my mind? Um, yes, I am. Because the other day someone quoted Macbeth and I thought it was King Lear. So, oops. You dumb bitch. Read a book, idiot. <laughs> you don't know anything. I know. Someone was like, oh, where's that from? And I was like, King Lear. No, bitch. It's from Macbeth. Grow up. Read a book. I'm so Learn. ashamed of myself. It is okay. Fake fan. Honey. Oh, you like Shakespeare? Name three of his plays. It was Peter McNichol. Okay. I nailed it. Um, yeah, Christine Baranski uh, and Peter McNichol are delightful. They are so incredible. funny. Great chemistry. Incredible in this movie. Um, um, they play so they play the couple who owns and runs the camp. Mm-hmm. And I th- this very waspy camp. Very waspy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, they I'm I'm not really sure how to say this. Basically everyone at the camp is like blonde hair and blue eyes, and everyone yeah. who doesn't fit in with them are either Wednesday and Pugsley and Glickman or mm-hmm. There's a scene where they're going through the cast of the play that they're going to put on, which we'll talk about. And yeah. all of the kids who are at the camp who basically just, like, aren't white, waspy yeah. kids are singled out. The whole point of it is satire. Like, it's meant to all be a joke to point out, like, oh, these people are terrible. But yeah. also, like, it's still not great to see. And the play I that do- they put on... uh I have an issue with as an adult. As a kid, it was totally over my head. Because as a kid, I thought stuff like that was okay. And it's not. And the play that they put on is about the first Thanksgiving. And not only is it historically inaccurate, because Pocahontas is a part of it. She wasn't part of the first Thanksgiving. uh, But also, it's incredibly racist towards Native people. Yeah, here's what, here's... And again, here's the thing. We're going to preface this. We're both white. So... Take whatever we say where with a probably a million grains of salt, but also like more specifically, we're not the authorities on what is and what isn't of- offensive to indigenous people. Right. Like you here's should, why you should not I, take us as no. the Here's the why I think this does here's why I think this does frankly still kind of work as a piece of satire. Because this is exactly the type of play and I think the movie makes it very clear that like uh, the the uh, camp counselor who wrote it who runs the camp is like this is my vision and it's 
uh, clear that it's this like white savior narrative that he has in his head. And he's like, I've created this great play. He's still ostracized all of the children who, who already are part of kind of an other group. Yeah. Either disabled people of color or Jewish. Just anything. Yeah. uh, Anything not blonde, white. And, um, so that's already kind of accurate to this type of person that it's underestimating this type of person. And also the fact that Wednesday and those kids use it, they like rewrite the stuff and then <laughs> rewrite the play. They rewrite their own words and they make it so that they are like, we've actually decided to not break bread with you. And we've decided to scalp you and burn your village to the ground. It is very Makes funny. me laugh. It's honestly kind of great. And then they... <laughs> and then they proceed to burn down the stage. <laughs> and they almost burn uh, the the girl alive, Harmony from Buffy. They almost burn yeah. her. It's kind of funny. Oh, my God. They shove it's an apple so in her mouth good. and tie her to a stake. It's honestly delightful. It's good. And, like, is it great that these children are wearing these like terrible outfits? No. Um, but it is also... I don't know. I th- it it feels accurate to this type of thing. Now, whether or not this is like actually funny or good or bad, that we're not. I, I think it's clear enough that it's satirizing. I think it's actually a pretty effective piece of satire. Me too. Um, but I also understand being like hey, this could have been done better or whatever. Like, I understand any, like, criticisms that are... Yeah, well, I mean, it's thing. just... It's another example of uh, wh- having Native people be part of the conversation without having Native people actually be part of the conversation. You no. know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. um, like, there's no Native people that I know of who are part uh-huh. of that. But, again, the point of it is the satire. So, like, again, we've discussed many times on this podcast how you can like a piece of art and have an issue with something or a part of it and still enjoy it for what it is. And I think this is a great example of that. Yeah. Also, I, I think part of why I think it's such a good piece of – why it is I do – I still kind of support it as a piece of, like, satire. It's because particularly in the 90s, there are, were – and like there still are, but particularly in the nineties when we were growing up, so many like American history productions mm-hmm. that were like about historical events that were really just white children singing songs. Um like there was an America pageant that happened every year at my elementary school. All the fifth graders did it. And we were always excited because when you got to fifth grade, you got to be a part of it. It was the same show every year. We were excited every time. Yeah. And it wasn't quite as bad as the show in this movie, but it wasn't far <sighs> I And um, I think that's why I'm like, no, this works because this is real. Well, yeah, um, and I think it's it it. I'm assuming this is a universal experience of yeah. people our age too, like yeah. of being in early elementary school and around Thanksgiving time, like making at least me and all my siblings did this because uh, the school mm-hmm. had us do it. Looking back, not great, but like you would make out of like grocery store paper bags like native regalia and like dresses and like wear them and that's Mm -hmm. not okay 
Uh, no. Uh, uh, we, oh, my kindergarten, I remember we made pilgrim hats, but then all of our parents, when they came to watch us sing our Thanksgiving. Oh, no. I think we might need to cut all of this out or not. Uh, but I remember walking into the classroom in our pilgrim hats, and all of our parents are sitting on the floor wearing um, headbands with feathers. Oof. Yeah, not great, but like, that's, I agree with you, but that's why this is such an effective satire, because yeah. this, like, this was what was done then, and of course and now- And what is kind of done now, frankly? Yeah, still now. now, I'm still yeah. now, I think it's getting better, but like, Native people, I think, in my experience from what I have learned and what I've educated myself about, and also- wanting to be part of the cultural repatriation world specifically for yep. indigenous peoples um as a jew who comes from a family who you know is part of cultural repatriation uh mm-hmm. like it's an important thing i won't get into it too much now but like it's important to talk about these things because if you don't yeah. talk about things that have been done wrong you can't move forward mm-hmm. um yeah. and so again ali and i are not authorities on this like we've talked about this during our twilight episode two about yeah. the Quileutes. um yeah. but like you know ali you are white i am jewish like i do not know the native experience no. i cannot speak to the native experience i can speak to the jewish experience yeah. which has a lot of uh expulsion from indigenous land and um expulsion into a diaspora um so there are a lot of similarities in that regard and people appropriating my culture and religion and willfully misunderstanding it and discriminating against me and my people so with that i definitely can relate but it's not nearly the same because of the color of my skin so i'm never gonna have the same experience walking down the street as a native person or a person of color but right. like I just think it's important to acknowledge and move right. on and also say like this play is not great, but it is also yep. an effective piece of satire. Agreed. Agreed. I actually I agree. And yes, I think that you said that very well, Melanie. Thank you. But like we can say that, we can acknowledge it, and then move on, uh, because it's it's a movie from the nineties. So this let's talk more about this movie from the nineties. This though. movie is so freaking good. I so truly funny. like. Can I just talk about Crumholtz's family in this movie? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are so stereotypically Jewish, <laughs> without even saying that they are. Oh, they never say, but mm-hmm. they don't say it. The only other character who's identified as Jewish is that little kid Mordecai who wears a star of David and has the really thick glasses. He's a total cutie. But he's there for, like, one frame. His parents are... They're so different from the other parents. Because they are constantly talking and squabbling with each other. Correct. Which, Uh for those who don't know, that's a pretty normal Jewish thing. Is to, like, constantly be talking with your person or your family. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. Where... um, to outsiders that is perceived as disrespect or being rude but it's really just a normal part of our culture Mm -hmm. um so like you're never gonna catch me not telling you what my thoughts and feelings are about something (laughs) couldn't be me but 
they're also very overbearing parents. And a big theme that I think contrasts the Adams family parents with the other parents at the camp, whether they're the Glickmans or whatever other waspy people there are, is that right. those people don't listen to their kids. Right. But the Adams family, Morticia and Gomez do listen to their kids. There's a specific yeah. moment in the beginning where they go, which is also a funny joke. They go, do you think that because there's a new baby, one of you has to die? And they go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then so Morticia and Gomez are like, oh, well, that's not good. That's not true. And then my favorite part of that is that Carol Kane goes, ah, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so quirky. But they're a family that talks to each other and works through right. problems together. And that's really nice to see. And again, it's part of the OG Adams family satire of the quote unquote American nuclear family. Yeah. It's, it's truly so this movie cute. is a delight. Yeah, he says, I'm allergic to everything. And he goes, Do you know what happens if my mother uses fabric softener? I die. <laughs> and she scoots closer to him. I'm like, It's I feel so you, girl. cute. It's so stinking cute. Me as a kid cute. was like, Yeah, yeah. Give I'm me a, a fragile nerd breathe. boy. I want a boy who can't fucking breathe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Give me a fragile dork nerd bitch boy. Ooh. Um, Not anymore, but yeah, as a kid, no. definitely. I think because we realized we were the fragile nerd dork bitch boys. I, I am a fragile nerd dork bitch boy. I think we realized that was the call was coming from inside the house. Truly, truly, um, truly. Also, like, that's a I great mean, that's a great Carol Kane reference. So good thank job. You. Good job, babe. Thank you. Um, I have not watched that movie, but Don't. I did read the Wikipedia and screamed while reading the Wikipedia. <laughs> Would it surprise you to know that I watched When a Stranger Calls when I was babysitting? No. No, it wouldn't, Melanie. Because I did. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else happens in this movie that we love? There's a lot. Let's talk about on. let's talk about Debbie Jelinski's final monologue. Well, because you know, it's friend iconic. Of the pod, friend of the pod, um, uh, Tiffer's fiance, Gabby. Hey, Gabby. When, when they were in, I want to say sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, for the talent show, delivered this monologue. That doesn't surprise me at all. And and they've said people for years would be like, oh, you did that monologue. Like, you did that for this. Like, people would remember her. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. It's it's a killer monologue. I think more people should do it. What? Give monologues? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Like, in auditions? Yeah. Like, more people should do the Debbie Jelinski. I was a ballerina. Graceful and delicate. Okay, I didn't know. Okay, sorry, I was really confused about what you were advocating for. Oh, I thought I, I thought I didn't realize you meant like obviously you meant in the context of like acting or audition. I thought you meant people should go around delivering this monologue, or you I, were saying more people should do a PowerPoint about people they've killed. And I thought, I mean, both of yes to both. Wrong. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't want to see a PowerPoint about murder. I do. I know. <laughs> of course you do. You fucking love Mindhunter or whatever the fuck. I did enjoy Mindhunter. 
I didn't watch it. So they use the the serial killer murderer playing cards to identify Debbie as the Black Widow. Yeah. Which was macabre, but also a little silly. Right. And and, and when Debbie has them all held hostage, they're, they all, like, kind of adore her, though. Yeah, they're, like, they, she's telling them all about, like, all these things, like, quote, ways she was done wrong. And they're, like, oh, that's awful. Like, they're really empathizing with her. And she's like, goodbye. And they're like, goodbye. Like, they're about to be murdered. And they're like, okay. Like, they're really supportive of her journey. Yeah, but, but that's the thing is because she's <laughs> she's their family. And, yeah. like, it's honestly so funny. And in this monologue, if you haven't seen it, you gotta. But everything goes wrong. And this is how you know Debbie is, like, a sociopath. Is that she wanted... Um, what did she want? She wanted ballerina Barbie, and they gave her Malibu Malibu, Malibu she Barbie instead. She, she killed her parents. She burnt their house down. Yeah. Like, um, it's just wild. And it's, like, yeah. truly an Adam's family thing to do. So, like, yeah. and it's just so funny how she just doesn't, she fits into the Adam's family so well, yet she never sees herself as part of the family. Oh, I haven't, I've never thought of that. Um, just because I don't, I haven't. I guess delved, delved, delved. Yeah, delved into it quite that deep before. But I guess you're right, because like I don't think that. Yeah, that's the real tragedy is that she technically would have an actual family, but um, might have people who love and support her. And they're they're loaded too. Like the Adams family is loaded. Yeah. She just wants it all for herself. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh God! Her with the in the car being like, "But officer, my husband was in that house." Like it's so good. Yeah, and before she leaves too, she has a veil on in the mirror, and she's like, uh, 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 "Like practicing." It's just such a it's tragedy. So, it's so good. It's just like, I just really love Joan Cusack. I she's so good. She is incredible and so funny. And oh wait. We haven't talked about one of the funniest parts of the entire movie, which is that Pubert, who up until this point yes. has been like the slicked down black hair, little baby mustache. Looks like a little like, baby Gomez. Has all, yeah, has the, and also is like kind of as all, uh, most of them are kind of like powdered down, like very kind of pale, very yeah. pale. And then they go into his room. The room is now suddenly bright, like baby pastel blues. They look in the crib. Pubert has bright, huge, blonde, curly hair. His skin is rosy. Like, he looks like a... Like, cutest a, little baby. Cutest little baby. And they're like, oh, no! And it's a sign. Like, they look up there like, this is a sign of stress. Like, this is clear. Like, the children being away, Fester being gone, is affecting our family this much. That the baby is sick. They're like, the baby is sick. And he's, like, super healthy. It's so... It's so funny. And Gomez fully faints. Oh, Raul Julia. Raul Julia. I know I'm not saying a lot this episode besides people's names. I just, his performance is so fucking good. It's because it's, I mean, it's so funny. It's, it's comedically like, but it's, what works about it is because he is giving it a hundred percent. He's fully yeah. committed. He's over he's the playing top it, and it works. 
he's playing it. It is over top, but he's also playing it like real. Like it, yeah. he's heartbroken about his brother. Like he's staring into space, singing "Sweet Love, Sweet Chariot." He's like he's so. He's at the police station screaming at Nathan at, Lame. Yeah, it's so good. And and ugh. that's another fun bit, too. He's like, I've stared into the evil maggots of the earth. And she goes, they're at camp. Like, it's Yeah, that's so my good. favorite. I also, like, I've seen horrors and they hold up the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, like, it's just, it. it really understands the assignment and... The the script says jump and they say how high. There's just this movie is so good and funny and I feel like you can watch it with like anyone. Yeah. Like I watched this with my parents a lot and looking back I'm like there's a lot of sex talk in this film that I was watching at seven years old, but also it's fine. It's not like gross or bad. You know, it's not like Ugh! yeah. Um. But it's it's a delight. It's a, it's an absolute delight of a movie. Melanie, I have an important question, though. Yes? Was this movie romantic? Yes. Honestly, right? And it's romantic in, like, obviously Gomez and Morticia, a dream couple. We we wish we were them. We, we all wish that we were wish. them. Um, but it's also really romantic with this young love between Wednesday yeah. and Glickman, I think, is very They're sweet. so sweet. And even, honestly, even when Fester is falling in love with Debbie, it's kind of sweet. You're rooting for him. You're like, oh, bud. Yeah. You deserve it. Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, bud. Um, The... And and, uh, I know this is technically a kid's movie, but I'm going to say I think Gomez and Morticia are kind of sexy. Oh, they're so sexy. Are you kidding? Yeah. Are you joking? I mean, I'm not joking. They're so sexy. It's very sexy. Look how fucking orange you are, girl. I'm not joking, bitch. Like, no, I got <laughs> you. <laughs> girl, look how orange you fucking look, girl. Um, I'm not joking, bitch. It's iconic. It's truly honestly iconic. I want Coco Montrese to have a beautiful life. Me too. I hope Coco Montrese is doing well. It's it's sexy. It's good. Um, here's a question. Oh no! Would you Paul Giamatify or Danny DeVitoify this movie? <gasps> I don't think this movie needs it. I think it's fine the way it is. I feel like, particularly at this point in his career, Giamatti probably would have been in this movie, or he would have been in—he would have been one of the side characters. I think. Yeah. Like I think I'd, it'd be fun to see even Giamatti as like the cop, or like Giamatti as just. It, it, I think Giamatti would have been very good as either, like, one of the regular people that is weirded out by the Adams family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, or one of the parents. Because, like, I don't know that I can see him as a member of the Adams family. Right. I could totally see Danny DeVito as a member of the Adams family, though. Uh, yeah, but I think I, I wouldn't want that either. I'd want him to be, like, a, one of the parents. I'd want him to be, like... A kind of regular person. Really? Like I want someone, freakazoid or, Danny DeVito. Or or like someone who's like really excited about how much money they have. Like something like that. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Like he's selling them something. Um, and they're like, because the Adams family is always like, we want to buy this thing. And they have like a bajillion dollars. So people are like, okay. 
I I don't know. Like Danny. So you want Matilda, Danny DeVito in the Adams family? Yes, I do. Okay, okay, got it. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. But yeah, we want different. We want different DeVitos out of this. Yes. Um. Or divided. Divided. (laughs) Oh no. Divided. Divided. There we go. Divided. 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 Um, we stand. <laughs> um. So this brings us to the most important question of all. Please. Fuck Mary. Kill. Yeah. Melanie, wait. Do you have one? Of course. Please. Gomez, Morticia, okay. or Debbie. <gasps> oh my God. Well, I feel like you have to marry Gomez. Yeah. That's a man you're with for life. Yeah. Also, I can be, I'm tall and spooky. I got it down. I just have to be like, bonjour. And he's like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know. (laughs) So you're going to marry Gomez. Yes. I'm I'm 100% going to marry Gomez. Okay. Don't we all want a hot goth Latino? I guess. Right? Like Jonathan Miranda on TikTok, like I do want a hot goth Latino. Right. Um, I don't that feels like gross that I said that stereotype, but like right? I want I mean, even if he's not Latino, I just want a hot goth. And they don't have to be outwardly goth. I want them to be like inwardly goth, like me. Yeah. I I think you know what it is? I want someone who can dress cool and is in touch with their emotions yeah that's what it is that's what it is um but yeah i'd marry gomez oh man i think in this in my brain i'm debbie so i have to kill debbie and fuck morticia Uh, okay okay that's also more my kind of more my type anyway Mm. just like you know Okay. See, like quite spooky mine's going to be different. Oh. Oh. I have to kill Debbie because there can be only one of us. Got it. Yes. Correct. I don't see myself as Debbie. I see Debbie as competition. So they're, again, Highlander rules. Got it. I would marry Morticia because oh. I, I do well with having a partner who is not as, like, all over the place and loud as me it's nice to have someone to like ground me to reality and like maybe be like hey like it's cool that you're mad right now but like it's okay you're (laughs) right here's the thing you're honestly you're right and i probably should go that route too but i also need someone who's very clear about how much they like yeah and i i need i want that in a more understated way because the times that i have been confronted with someone who's really clear about that it makes me uncomfortable no, I need I I also because I am as we've probably stated before I it can go over my head sometimes same so I need I need you to be clear about it right um, which anyway. is why for yeah. me a partner who's like more understated like Morticia um yeah. is better for me and I would fuck Gomez yeah we'd have a great time lovely lovely evening when he lights that lady's cigarette 
coming a wooga. Yeah, in that cafe Slow that's down. in a literal cave wolf. dungeon. Uh, hello. Wawa Wiwa. It's so cool. It is so uh-uh. cool. I want to go to there. Me too. I went to the Desert Museum today, and they have a lot of exhibits that are basically just going into a cave. It's fucking sick. It sounds really cool. I didn't even see all of the museum. I, I walked around half, not even half. I was with a baby. We were busy. <laughs> we were trying to find we were trying to find the pack rat playhouse. We did. Good. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. I'm glad you found it. There are signs that are shaped like little pack rats. And they're like, this way to the pack rat playhouse. And they're all like little mice that are holding garbage. Aww. <laughs> so cute. Anyway, that's unrelated. Um, but I was trying to say caves are cool is what I was caves trying to say. Caves are really cool. Mm-hmm. I love a good yeah. cave. Um, right. But I think that about wraps it up on Adam's family values. We did it. Wait, what? I mean, I guess we answered it with fuck, Mary kill, but would you date any of these people? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If Crumholtz were an adult in that movie, I would absolutely date him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a kid watching it, like a tween, I would absolutely date tween Crumholtz as a tween myself. Mm-hmm. And I would totally date Gomez and or Morticia. Right. Yeah. That's, I think that's real. like it would be yeah. a wildly different experience with either one, but it would still be fun. Yeah, they're yeah, I get that. Um, but like honestly, this movie not sponsored is on Netflix right now. Go watch it; it is a delight. Watch it; it never disappoints. It's so funny. It's so, and it's also a cool ninety minutes, baby. Yeah, maybe less, maybe under. It is. Ooh, does not waste its time. It's lovely, lovely. But yeah, I enjoyed this film. I would recommend this film. Yep. This movie is great. It's very good. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10. But that that wraps it up for this episode of You Had Me at Hell No. If you would like to give us your opinions about Adam's family values, or if you have anything you'd like us to know, go ahead and contact us. Our Instagram is at hellnocast. That's also our Twitter handle, but we're never on Twitter. You can check us out at our website, which is hellnocast.com. And if you like what you heard, we would love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star text review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us out with our podcast visibility. Yes. Well, in the meantime, thank you for joining us. I have been Allie. And I have been Mel. Love you. Bye. Bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded remotely in front of our pets Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I would like to thank Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. And we'd also like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen today. Bye-bye.